0: Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, Mom.
1: How's it going? Hi, Ellen. Uh, it's going very well. Very well. <laughs> nothing Nothing fancy. I don't have anything fancy to say. There you go. Just
0: life is good. Good. Today, we are going to be talking about The Taming of the Duke by Eloisa James, and later we are going to get to know Mom a little better. But first, Mom,
1: what yes. have you been reading? Okay, I'm ready this time for this. Good. Sometimes I forget it's coming. It's true, you do. Um. Okay. So I think our last full episode was Before Girl. Yes. By Kate Canterbury. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So after that, I read The Austin Playbook by Lucy Parker, which is the latest in her London celebrities series. Okay. Yes. I don't know if it's the last one or or not, but it's the latest one. Um. Then I read. The Bride Test, which we did for our last episode by Helen Wong. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started in on this series. So I started with yes. Much Ado About You, yes, which is the first one in this series. Then I read Kiss Me Annabelle, which is the second one in the series. And I just finished The Taming of the Duke by Eloisa James. Okay. Um, mine is much the same. I have Much Ado About You,
0: Kiss Me Annabelle. And then I'm, like, two pages into Pleasure for Pleasure, which is the book that follows this one. Well, I have downloaded it, but I haven't started it yet. I'm going to apologize for what you can probably hear my dog eating and drinking in the background. But he's got to do what he's got to do. So, sorry about that. (laughs) Um, Okay, so case you can't tell from our reading lists, today we are going to be talking about The Taming of the Duke by Eloisa James. It is the third book in the Essex Sisters series and I would say that this is a pretty
1: important series to read in order. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. And it's pretty dependent on the other books.
0: Yes, for sure. It's not
1: really a standalone.
0: Yeah. Um, this book and series was recommended to us by listeners Jessica and Megan. They really championed Hard for us to read this series, so um, I hope that they like this episode. So um, here's the description that I wrote for this book. Um, with it being now over a year since her husband died, leaving her a window, Imogen Maitland has decided to get back out there, but she's not necessarily interested in re entering the marriage mart. She's more interested in a less committed dalliance, and she sets her sights on the newly discovered legi- illegitimate brother of her former guardian imogen's short-lived marriage has left rafe the duke of holbrook still feeling responsible for his ward despite her widow's status and her pursuit of his brother has left him feeling a whole bevy of emotions one in particular that is leaving him rather confused as the two continue their usual sniping at each other, Imogen arranges for a liaison with Rafe's brother. But perhaps Rafe's overbearing tendencies, where Imogen is concerned, lead him to intervening on his behalf. <laughs> so,
1: Mom, what did you think of The Taming of the Duke? I like this series. I like all the books in this series. Mm-hmm. And I liked this book. I had some, um, there were some things that made me kind of go, eh, but we'll get into those, I'm sure, as we get into it. But overall, it was an enjoyable read. I liked reading this book.
0: Yeah, um, same. I don't know that I'm, like, I'm not, like, in love with this book or anything, but I found it very enjoyable. Um, and I think an Eloisa James, James book is always enjoyable, right? Right. At the very least. Um... So yeah, that's yeah. I would say I'm not quite a love. I I'm I'm a I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, you know, it was it was a fun read. I like yeah. I because I don't know that I can say I like liked it a whole lot, but I'm I enjoyed it. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. So, um, mom, what did you
1: think of Imogen as our heroine? <laughs> um. Imogen was kind of a hot mess. She's been kind of a hot mess through most of the series. Mm-hmm. I am. I think that uh, in the end, she kind of pulled it all together. But I really felt like she was a hot mess through all three of these books. <laughs> she was. She was very. I, th- I found her very
0: enjoyable in this one, um, but uh, it was clouded a bit by. I really just did not like her at all from the previous two books. Really? She is
1: and
0: is not fact, someone, a likable
1: character in the Someone first two. said something about her on Facebook, and I was like, I, I hope she improves, because right now I want to hit her upside the head with a board. Yeah. Because she, the first two books, she was just super annoying.
0: <laughs> super annoying, super, like, unlikable. Like, she was not... I mean, in, I feel like in the first book, it was almost like she was the villainess or something. Like, she certainly yeah.
1: screwed up a lot of stuff in the first book. Um Well, and then when she got all pissed off at the world after, you know, her husband died, and, I mean, she was terrible to her sisters. She was, especially mm-hmm. Tess. I mm-hmm. mean, she was just horrid, horrid person. And
0: kind of whiny. I mean, yeah. I get that her husband has died, and that's a thing, but...
1: She never handled it with much, no grace, or and and maybe this contributed to how poorly she handled everything. But he was not that great a guy. I mean, mm-hmm. and she was only married to him for two weeks. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, mean, not that it's still not tragic. I get that it's tragic, but yeah. I don't know.
0: I definitely, but I definitely liked her a whole lot more in this one. Um, definitely. I kind of almost feel like maybe it was too much of an abrupt 180. Like, she needed to have some redeeming qualities in the first two for us to be like, oh, okay. You know, I can see where this now is coming from, that she's more likable in this one. Because she's had moments of likability
1: in the first two. But I did not get any (laughs) of that in the first two with her. Well, or explain more... Why? You know, she just says, well, I was horrible to my sisters. I really need to apologize to them for that. It's like, okay, well, that's not really an explanation for why you felt the need to go all like that. Yeah. I mean, the thing that with her,
0: I think I, I, because I did appreciate, like, she does kind of call out that she was rude, and I think a lot of it was her struggling with the fact that
1: it wasn't a real marriage. And no and matter they do how explain much... that in this book. Yeah. They go into, in fact, quite a bit. And the fact that she was never really as happy in that marriage as she thought she should be. Because he never was that good to her yeah. in the two weeks that they were married. And, um, you know, then she saw her sisters who were so, you know, deliriously yeah. happy in their matches. And that yeah. made, that pissed her off even more. And um, then the fact that intimacies with her husband were never good, but I don't think that he ever really loved her, like she said. I mean, he loved her in that, you know, he said he loved her when he died, but I think that it was never, like, the kind of passionate love that she had for him.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I think is happening here um, that is never, like, explicitly spelled out with her, but... She's, I think, like, 19 in the first book, and <laughs> yes. she's getting married and being dramatic, as 19-year-olds are wont to do. And then I think by the time this book comes along, she's gained a little life experience, she's gained a little maturity. But she's still and, like,
1: 21 or 20, yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. But do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think, because there are, there are some dramatic maturity development definitely that comes in those even just in those two years for a normal person who's not you know being widowed at 19 right and
1: then you know the whole thing where she went off and wanted to have an affair with someone i mean that was like her whole her whole driving force in you know the last two books has been that she wanted to be scandalous and have an affair a dalliance with someone yeah and i mean that was you know what drove her in both these last two books and it's just like Imogen, just freaking calm down. Which, whatever. I mean, I didn't have as much problem with that. I'm like... (laughs) Yeah, she
0: had crappy sex in her marriage, so she wants to have good sex. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You can't fault a girl for that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, um, I would say, like, as important as I think it is to read the first two books, um, it did kind of sour my perception of her as a character well i think you know prior and to coming
1: in we'll probably get into this but both of them were pretty awful in the first two books because even rafe eh. had like huge he was a nice guy but he had you know yeah huge problems and um so you know this book was a journey really for both of them and yeah. uh by the end of the book i liked both of them quite a bit but at the beginning of the book neither one of them in fact when um I think I was talking to you, and I said, well, who does Imogen Ryan up with? And when I figured out it was Rafe, I was like, gosh, I'm going to have problems with that book. Yeah. <laughs> and I did have some problems, and we'll get into more of those when, I, when we get to Rafe. But um, uh, it, it was I needed to be brought on board <laughs> yeah. with this whole thing. Okay, well, let's get into it. What did you think of Rafe as our hero? Okay, I like Rafe a lot. These are the problems I had. There's the age thing, which is always a problem for me because I think he was like 38. Was he that old? I think he was. I think he was at least 36 to 38. And well, I think listen. He was to I think with
0: historicals, we just need to be grateful that they're over 18, you know. And
1: she's like 20, yeah. So <laughs> that's
0: yeah. You know,
1: it is what it is. So I did have a problem with that, but I got over that fairly quickly. I mean, she was a a widower, so a widower, so you know. I'm not going to get too, she was a widow. Yes. So I'm not going to get too spun up about that. Nailed it. Um, I did have a little bit of a problem with going from father figure to love interest um, since he was their guardian. He wasn't her guardian for very long, if that makes it any better. But okay. I understand. But I still, what you mean. Like, in the other books, he still was feeling very protective of her. Yeah. And I don't know now, well, was he protective of her because he had feelings for her? Or was he protective of her because he was in charge of her? Or, however, um, you know, I got over that, too. I mean, it, it still was a little bit of a, eh, but I got over it. Yeah. Um, he was a bit of a hot mess at the beginning of the book. But I was very glad to see him get over his drinking issues and yeah. and then in the author's note she talks about, you know, having to write about that. It was interesting. Yeah. But um uh him getting over the drinking and then kinda of the way she helped him through it was kinda of sweet too. So I think yeah. that, that was kind of a, a bonding thing and um but anyway, they both had a lot of changes to make in their lives before they could actually go for and this thing. This, yeah, make it work or even make it work in my eyes. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I I had always really liked Rafe throughout the rest of the series. I liked him too, but he did he was not a romance hero. No. In the other books. You notice he he
0: slims down pretty quickly in this yeah, book after drinking. Is. Well,
1: when I was looking at the cover, I was like, there's no way that this is rape because he's supposed to be pudgy. And, <laughs> and, and you know, and I was like, oh, the cover of the book, the guy's all hard abs and all I was like, hmm. But yeah. he does slim down, like, within a couple of weeks he's slimmed down. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, is that how it works? <laughs> I think I
0: was, o- like, I was more okay with the father figure thing because I... As much as I, like, first of all, I never got, like, a father figure. I always got more of an older brother vibe from him with the girls. Oh, and that's okay then, huh, Ellen? An well, older brother
1: vibe? <laughs> no, okay, but
0: but I didn't ever get that as much. And maybe it's just because I knew that they were going to end up together when I was reading the whole series. But
1: they are are always at each other more than any of the rest of them. See, I didn't know that they were going to end up together until the end of the animal book. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Whoa, they're setting up for Imogen and Rafe to be together. That's going to be a little weird. But yeah. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, well, I just had read back cover descriptions honestly, and could tell. Yeah, I know. And you always do that. And I yeah. never do that. Yeah. I honestly thought that Rafe was going to end up with Griselda. Griselda? hmm I thought that she would end up with Rafe after having helped all these girls into marriages that the two of them would hook up. But
0: yeah,
1: um, that's not the way it worked out. I imagine she's going to end up with someone
0: in the next book. I mean, every single one of these books has had like two love stories. And I I, think there's
1: a 4.5 story too, which might be, I don't, yeah, but I don't think it's about her. Oh, because I read the back cover description. Of course you
0: did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I so I really liked Rafe almost to the point where I thought he was too good for Imogen. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I realized I that, that he has his own problems, but like as a person, I always liked him a lot more than Imogen. Um, but yeah, I I liked. By the end, I was I was good with them ending up together. Yeah, that's um, the way I, I was too. I liked, I liked what you like like you said. I liked her. Um, her kind of helping him and her just being kind of the only person that just, like, always called him out. Like, you're, you're fat and you, yeah. you're fat and you need to <laughs> stop drinking. Like You're tacky and I hate you. You're tacky <laughs> and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, you know, I love that scene where she pours out all of his
1: whiskey and... And you she know. just stands there and you can just picture her standing there looking at him just dumping all that yeah. booze out. And he's just like ah. <laughs> But then when she goes in the bathroom and helps him, you know, she brings him into her bathroom so he can bathe in her bathtub yeah, and throw and, up in the garbage and throw can up, and, and, and <laughs> she's helping him through it all and Yeah. Yeah. Even though she was one of his greatest, you know, the one who nagged him the most about it, she was also the only one that was there that helped him through it too. So. Yeah. Yeah. And um so
0: that's, what, that's when I started kind of getting on board with Imogen. And I was really happy, you know, that he cleaned himself up prior to... Even prior to, like, them
1: first kissing and things like that. Well, and and it, so, and it never was he cleaned himself up for her. Yeah, he that's what I He cleaned himself up because he realized he was just a waste yeah.
0: of and I mean, well, and if he cleaned himself up for anything, I like that it was... He cleaned himself up for his brother and his niece, you right. know, who he realized, they're going to need me, and I need to, you know, get on board
1: just so that I can help them. By the way, I figured out pretty early on that they were going to use um, her house, her, the Maitland Manor, whatever it is called, for. Um, for his brother. and Yeah. And what's her name? Uh, Jillian. Jillian Pythian. Pythian Adams. Adams. However... Did you catch that in the book? A couple times they called her Pythian Jones. No, I didn't. Yeah, there's a, and it kind of was like, wait, I had to go back and it's like that's not her name. And I was like, but for like a section of the, like huh. one chapter, they called her Pythian Jones, and I was like, hmm. I don't know if it's a Kindle thing or what, because yeah. Kindles sometimes have weird mistakes in them. But
0: um, just as a tangent, what did you think of Gabe and Jillian's
1: little romance? I liked- I liked their little romance, and I liked that she was like, you know, all these other guys are sippy, little drippy guys, and I like this dude that knows stuff, and I can have intelligent conversations with, so... Yeah. Screw what everybody thinks. I'm going to marry this illegitimate son yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were cute.
0: I, I always really liked her, too, so... I more did, than, too. And more I than the I was
1: like, they're not going to let her get her through this whole series without winding up with somebody good. Yeah. Um... That- Do we need to talk about, because I've got some um, potholes with, (laughs) plot holes with. Let's talk about this, and
0: then you can talk about your plot holes. Okay. So let's talk about Rafe charading as his brother.
1: Okay, that's where my plot holes fall. How did this work or not work for you? Well, the whole time I was like, this seems ridiculous that she does. Okay, here's where I really was like, seriously? The first time he dresses up and pretends to be. His brother, Gabe, yes, because if you haven't read the story, (laughs) um, they, he's masquerading, his brother asks her for, to meet him secretly so they can go to something in town. And um, then his brother comes to him and says, I I don't want to go out with her. I didn't want to hurt her feelings, so I arranged this, but I don't want to go out with her. So you have to pretend to be me and go out with her. So... Because Rafe is in love with her, he's like, "Yeah, I'll do that." And so he, <laughs> yeah, great idea. <laughs> I can do. I'm on board. Well, they
0: do it in part because she's been feeling kind of rejected by her husband right. and Maine, who she previously was hitting on. And so he's like, "I don't want her to have a further disappointment." And so that's why
1: Rafe says he is going and charading as Gabe, right? And um, and he's not. Well, he's pretending to be him, but they also are both wearing costumes because they don't want to be recognized when they're out and about. Yeah. And so, um, so he wears this fake mustache and literally that's all he has is a fake mustache. (laughs) Okay. Then they go to this show, body show, where this body by B-A-W-D-Y, um, and the lady performing is obviously a prostitute who sings. I I guess that was a thing. And, um... (laughs) So he's standing in this room, and he hasn't seen this prostitute for years, but she yeah. recognizes him from across the room right off the bat. And I'm like, With okay. a fake mustache. With <laughs> a fake mustache on. But Imogen is sitting right there, has been living with him this whole time, and she doesn't recognize him? I find that very I difficult mean, to believe. But maybe,
0: like, if if the prostitute had seen... Gabe, she would have thought it was him because they were supposedly they looked very similar. So maybe like Ellen, seriously,
1: do you <laughs> honestly think she wouldn't recognize him?
0: No, I mean it's very Clark Kent, right? Like, right. You don't really? get that this is
1: race like <laughs> right away.
0: Um, then you're
1: an idiot. The, um, now, so I was having a huge problem with the fact that she wasn't recognizing him. Now at the end, when she kind of lets on that she. She didn't know it was him all along, but she did figure out pretty early on. Like she, knew she it was had him. her
0: specific- suspicions pretty early, like pretty
1: right. quick. Yeah, but like she when he she, first kissed her in the carriage.
0: Yeah, it wasn't until a little bit further in where she's like pretty confirmed that it's him.
1: Well, once he held her hand and she realized he had the hands of someone who rode every which day, which was
0: their second date. Yes,
1: Let's... I, I am aware. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of had a, really, this person who hasn't seen him in years recognizes him right off, even with the fake mustache, but she doesn't recognize him. I I had a hard time with that, believe. Me. but I thought it was a cute scene where she was singing the song with her, and then yeah. they fell into the cask of wine. I thought that was cute and well played, but um, anyway, I, I had a problem with her not recognizing him, because that seems pretty obvious to me. Even if they look alike... I mean, I don't think that that much alike that she wouldn't be able yeah. to figure it out. I especially like two
0: half brothers. I don't understand how they could possibly look that similar, right? You know, I mean, I have a hard time. I mean, I I've met identical twins that I still was able
1: to tell apart. So, right. you know. and especially if you'd been living with one for years and then one just showed up, I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed yeah, kind of far fetched. But, um. But it was cute, the way it all played out. And I loved when she's like, will you wear the fake mustache sometimes? Because I like that. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so how much, because some of our listener feedback was that a lot a lot of people seem to have a problem with him lying to her, essentially, about who he was. How much did that
1: throw you? Um, There were other things that threw me more than that. I... I mean I I guess he probably should have come clean, especially before they had sex. Yeah. That seemed like something that should have happened. So I wish he had told
0: her sooner. Um I mean, certainly, yeah, definitely I think before they had sex. Um but you know, it's it's a historical romance and I'm Yeah. I'm forgiving of things like that oftentimes. I But if anything, I wish that there had been some earlier just even just hints or confirmation that she was on to him and that she was like sort of in on this. There's some after they've had sex, kind of like she kind of gives him little smirks and things like that. Um, But I wanted...
1: But when she described it, she did know it was him before they had sex.
0: Right. But so. we don't know that until the last, like, five pages of the right. book. Right. And so I would have had a little bit more peace of mind if me as a reader was a little bit more aware that she was onto this, at least, you know? Yes. And I get that, you know, it's it's kind of maybe a little bit more fun to have it all just revealed at the end like that. But I don't know. Me as a modern day reader, I wanted there to be a little <laughs> more awareness of this is not like necessarily the coolest situation in the world. And so maybe some hints that. And having Every, sex with her under false pretenses. And. Yeah. Um, and I could have... I And maybe it also would have been helped if there was... Because they have the scene where the two of them are going to her husband's house. Essentially, her house as well. But for all intents and purposes, it's her husband's fa- family house. And they're kind of cleaning it out. And they have these really sweet moments as themselves. race right. and Imogen. And I think I would have liked if there was maybe one other scene where there's it's showing kind of their chemistry and their relationship with each other as themselves. As themselves, I would have liked just one more. I think of those. Does that make sense?
1: It. Yes, I get that. Yeah. Um, or, and it happened a lot in these books where. Someone would ask someone to marry them, and they're like, he's not even serious, so I'm just not even going to. And, I mean, these girls don't take these guys seriously when they ask him to marry them. And, and yeah. in the Annabelle book, she's like, you've never even asked me to marry He's like, I asked you to marry me when I first met you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He did. <laughs> um, well, okay, so that kind
0: of, let's get into this one. So anytime I read an Eloisa James, I am reminded, like, massively that she is a Shakespeare professor because her books are to me very Shakespearean. Um, So what
1: Shakespearean elements did you see in this book? Well, I mean, it's called the taming of the Duke. Yeah. So, and I think in a lot of ways, it was also the the taming of Imogen in that they both kind of went through a taming process because she was, a bit of a loose cannon at the beginning too and he was. So I think they both kind of went through a taming process.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why I'm more forgiving of some of these issues is because they are so Shakespearean this whole yeah. mistaken identity thing it's is huge. So Shakespearean like, you know, it's the same thing with so many Shakespeare plays where you're like, really? Like, <laughs> you don't recognize them? Yeah. Seriously? And all the like, and this is very, I mean, this happens in all three of the books so far is these whole like swapping of lovers thing. Yes. I mean, every single one of these guys has like had a thing with another one of the sisters or the sisters have, do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, uh, Earl Ardmore in the first one, he kind of had a thing with Imogen before before Annabelle. Oh, Ardmore in Annabelle's book, not in the yeah. first book. Um, Felton had a thing kind of with. Who did. Oh, no. She had a thing with Maine, who Maine. is going to end up with Josie, which is, you know, all sorts of. <laughs> in so like, one, I'm going to have a problem with the age difference, but okay. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> but that's all very Shakespearean, too. I mean, that's. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and it, so, and, and her books are always, and this one is, um, is very much like this, but there's lots of little plots going on, which is very common in, like, a Shakespeare comedy, um. A lot of subplots, a lot of other yeah. relationships. Yeah, theme. and kind of swapping between those, sometimes yeah. at odd moments. <laughs>
1: um. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was
0: some in this one, someone... like, they're in the middle of a sex scene, and it flips to, um, I, and it was to some, oh, it was to the actress, and I'm like, I don't care about her. And
1: then, <laughs> and then it went back to the sex scene, and I'm like, okay. There was one part, though, where I was having a hard time following. Um, it's where Josie was talking, when Josie first got there, and she's talking to Imogen, and then it slips into... Like, Annabelle and... uh, Like, she's talking with Annabelle and Ardmore. Some of that, I think, is um, Kindle formatting issues. Yeah, that's what I figured it must be, because if they maybe should have had, like, a bigger gap between paragraphs so I could tell that they were switching point of view or whatever. Yeah. But this this
0: series as a whole has... I've... um, I mean, I get that. I get the Shakespeare thing from like any of her other books that I read, but this one especially has
1: been... Right, very and strong, I'm, like a Shakespearean comedy. Yeah. But, um, all of them have been kind of like that, so...
0: And I know she's definitely kind of compared it um, to Little Women, which I which I also get um, in that I think the series as a whole is kind of very Little Women-esque, you know? Um, But, yeah, I, I definitely got a lot of shakespeare flavor in this series Um, i I hear what you're saying ellen i agree thank you for that what did you think of the portrayals of grief and alcoholism here let's just get
1: serious for a second (laughs) well i think i've already touched on a lot of that but um First of all, I thought Imogen was kind of all over the place with her grief. It's like she couldn't figure out what she needed to get out of her funk, and she...
0: Well, I think she was very conflicted, because I think she grieved more for, like, even without him dying, I think she was grieving for, like, the marriage that never was kind of thing. Um,
1: And so... Well, she she even said, she said... I loved him, but he never loved me. And I think that's what she was grieving was the fact that, and she kept saying maybe with time it could have happened and and then they never had the time. So Yeah, but she always just realized that he was going to
0: love his horses and things like that more than he was ever going to love her. And um, so I think she was always kind of grieving. I think at this point, by this book, she was grieving that more than him dying, whereas I think in previous books she's been grieving him dying and blaming, you know, herself and other people for that happening, which was always ridiculous, but... um, Yeah. uh, If anything, be mad at him.
1: He's the dummy that jumped on that horse. Well, and
0: I like that by this book she kind of calls that out, like, yeah, yeah. he was kind of an idiot and he was kind of selfish and, definitely. And I think that was, when I talk about her maturing, I think just the fact that she was able to, like, look back on that and realize that he was like that was kind of, that was a big, like, okay, Imogen, like, we're we're getting on the same page here. (laughs) Well, and I think it's just,
1: you know, we kind of saw her go through all those steps of grieving, you know, that people go through. And um, I think that, you know, she finally came out of, you know, blaming others blaming herself feeling guilty I mean she went through all those you know steps and Mm -hmm. finally came out on the other side and was happy um and then with the alcoholism I
0: I like we we talked about it but um I I liked this in a historical because these people do sometimes seem especially the men seem to rely heavily so I liked seeing it addressed in historical um but I yeah, I like that I like that he had someone who called him on his BS in this yeah. and it was Imogen and I um but like we've talked about it it needed to still be him, right? You know, it's the first step is right. admitting you have a problem. I and he had been problem. he had been aware, like in previous books, that he had a problem. Right. And thought previously that he needed to give it up. But I think with his brother and niece coming, that was kind of the, the next for step that I he need needed. I need to be around
1: to take care of them.
0: Yeah. Um, so I thought this was well done. And I really liked that um, they were kind of able to bond over, over their grief. Because, I mean, his alcoholism came about from him... His brother's death. Him, his, his brother's death. So I like that they're kind of able to understand each other a little bit better because of their kind of shared experiences with...
1: Well, and I think they both realized that the people they were grieving, they both kind of came to the realization that the people they were grieving were not perfect, and and, yeah. they, and were wasn't to they were able to always over that.
0: Yeah, and they were always trying to, like, live up. You know, he was always trying to, like, live up to his brother, and he kind of had the realization, like okay, he wasn't a perfect person. None of the people that came before me were yeah, perfect. Yeah, my dad wasn't
1: perfect. My grandpa wasn't perfect. Yeah.
0: And then I think with her, it was the same thing. It's like, I can move on. I can move past him because he wasn't a perfect husband. They're, you know, I can move past this. And yeah. so I, I liked I liked that
1: for both of them. Absolutely, um, yes. So and it also gave them a reason for them to come together i mean otherwise yeah. it's like why would he pick imogen over any of her sisters or yeah. you know um but it gave them a reason to bond and so i thought yeah it was good yeah um how important do you think it is to read this series as
0: a whole we've kind of already mentioned that and then I think where be completely lost
1: if you didn't read this book yeah
0: we have a listener comment who she just picked this one up and and we'll we'll see kind of um I think you, you would definitely get the gist, but you definitely understand Rafe and Imogen a
1: lot more from the previous books than you would be able to get from Especially this Especially where they were coming from. I mean, because like I said, theirs has been a journey that's been taking place through the whole series. Yeah. and um, Well, even like Jillian, like you wouldn't understand really yeah. what her deal is. Um yeah. Or her weird relationship with Imogen, because, yeah, you know. But she talks about how every time I like someone, there's an Essex <laughs> sister there. And it's not just it's, an Essex sister, it's always, it's always Imogen. Imogen. <laughs> <laughs> but she even said herself she was lucky she didn't marry Maitland, so I don't yeah. think that that was, she was too... Really I liked their
0: little it. conversation that they had where it was like, let's just
1: air this out and be cool with each other, yeah. and... Um, well, then she decided that she was going to go, for, that Jillian was going to go for Rafe, and Imogen yeah. was going to go for Gabe, and then as it turned out, the men both liked the opposite women, and so the whole thing got weird. So Shakespearean. So, so Shakespearean. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I think it's, it's pretty, I mean, definitely, especially with this book, I think you definitely need to have read. The first two books. Where did this one kind of fall in the ranking so
1: far? Of, I think I liked Annabelle's book the best so far. I definitely because
0: enjoyed Annabelle's book the best. I respect this one maybe more, but
1: um, yeah. yeah, I like the road trip book. You know, I'm a sucker for a good road yeah. trip. That's yeah, me too. But it does come back to. And we've talked about this before. It never ceases to amaze me how, in one book, they're going from London to Scotland and it takes them two days, and in another book, they're going from London to Scotland and it takes them two weeks. Two and weeks. I don't under- <laughs> don't understand how some people are teleporting, essentially. Well,
0: I think and the two weeks thing is much more accurate.
1: I think so in a too. Freaking carriage. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that would be a miserable way to travel. Yeah. Ugh. I understood where. Uh, Griselda was coming from where it's like she was puking the whole way because I think that's how I would travel in a carriage. Yeah, probably not. I'd be pretty tough, but it still would be miserable.
0: I think enjoyment wise, I like this one second after Annabelle. I liked the I, I first would say that one. Too. I liked the first one, but um, it it was kind of bogged down in introducing this
1: whole cavalcade well, of characters. First book, Ida's. Yeah. Um, I, I liked I've liked all of them. Um, yeah, I think I liked Annabelle's best. I liked, but definitely this one next, and then Tessa's. But I've enjoyed all of them. So. I'm definitely excited for Josie's because Josie is is has like always been my favorite
0: sister. Yes. I like how she was always the one that was calling out Imogen, being like Imogen, it's not always about you.
1: Jeez, <laughs> get over yourself. Yeah, <laughs> no, I do like Josie, and I like um, I like, I like Maine. Maine, and I want him to wind up with someone good. Uh, yeah. And that was another one when I was reading Annabelle's book. And I was like, oh, my gosh. They're setting it up for Josie and Maine. And I texted her and I said, does Josie wind up with Maine? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah.
0: Um. So let's talk about sex, baby. So they have sex in this book. They do. It was pretty tame, though. It was pretty it mom-friendly. It was pretty tame. Um, again, kind of wish that.
1: He had told her who he was before they had sex. There were a couple of things that I was like, eh, hmm. um, and I guess it all kind of revolved around h- her not knowing who he was. There were some things where she tried to put brakes on and he was, you know, not like, breaking. No. <laughs> and, you know, there, just little things like that. But for the most part, it was just, you know, it was a historical romance. Yeah. So.
0: Um, so, what was your swooniest moment? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that,
1: and, I, and this is a hard one to p- pick a swoony moment. Yeah. Um. Probably the part I already said where she was like when he found out that she knew a lot longer than he thought, and uh, you know when she's like. Can you wear the mustache sometimes? Because I like the way it feels. Yeah. <laughs> and just that whole thing where she reveals that she knew it was Rafe for much yeah. longer than he thought she knew. Yeah. I wrote
0: down this uh, quote. It was towards, definitely towards the end when he's proposing to her and revealing himself as himself. Um, He says, I love you. If you don't marry me, Imogen, I shall never marry. There is no other woman for me in this world. I did not know it was possible to feel such emotion as I feel for you. And I thought that was sweet. That
1: was sweet.
0: Um, Yeah, there's not a whole lot of, like, there was definitely, like, cute moments. Like, I liked their date to the, I don't know, the, yeah, the The, body singer. (laughs) And then the pantomime was also cute. It was cute. And then the the pantomime coming back in the epilogue was... yeah. Was cute. That was cute. Um, and I, I also wrote down this line because I really liked it. It was in the epilogue, and he says, "I'm not planning on dying, Imogen, but I'm yours past that moment."
1: And I thought that was sweet. That was sweet. I like that one too. The, um, the other thing that I thought was funny is that all the build up to this play, and then the play was relatively anticlimactic in the story. I thought something was going to happen during the play, or that yeah um, I guess they do kind of talk about the in flashback form about how they could tell that Rafe had feelings for Imogen and you know he that you know he didn't seem to interact that well with other women in the show, but he really did with Imogen. and
0: yeah, so um, okay, so we had some listener um, comments on this book. Jessica, who was one of the staunch, um, you know, recommenders. We have to read the Essex sisters. Yeah. Um, She says, okay, here we go. I really liked this book. It is my second favorite in the series. Rafe is the most caring, generous man, and it's so hard to watch him go through tough times. I thought she did a great job of handling his struggle with alcoholism. I love that Eloisa includes some background on this in the author's note. I thought that was interesting as well. Yes. Um, She says, It was nice to see what Imogen was like when she's not grieving as much, but this is only apparent if you've read the first two. She is so unpleasant during her brief marriage and then the early grieving days. In this book, she apologizes for past behavior and starts to think about who she wants to be without being wrapped up in a love interest. Not to be a purist, but I really think you need to read book one and two to really understand Rafe and Imogen's dynamic and history. I would definitely agree. I would agree as well. I love the side romance with Gabe and Jillian and so happy she found love. I hadn't read this one for a few years and interestingly, I had a slightly different feeling about the fact that Rafe was pretending to be Gabe Gabe, than when I read this before. Uh, Imogen did did know before they finally have sex, but Rafe didn't know that she knew, and that bothered me this time, and I don't think it did before. I do think you can understand why Rafe would be scared to fess up given all his vulnerabilities, but I kind of wonder if Eloisa would have done that reveal before they slept together if she had written it now. I still really like the book, and that was just a small qualm in my overall enjoyment. I love, love, love the epilogue, especially Mary Spencer's role. I thought that was cute. Uh, phew, yeah. I think that is all. For those keeping score, my Essex sister's favorite is number four.
1: So keep reading. It has issues too, but that's why it's so good. <laughs> the, um, oh, I was just going I was just thinking of something super important to say. Oh, yeah. I think in the past couple of years, we've kind of become hyper aware and hypersensitive to things like that. And so I can see why. With good it, reason. It, oh, it, absolutely. It. I'm not saying, I'm not yeah. saying that we shouldn't be. And um, so I think that when we read, something that's written, you know, five years ago or so. yeah. It, it, you know, it wasn't as big a deal back then as it is Mm -hmm. now. So I can see where... Well, and certainly not as big of a deal back in Regency
0: era. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, Nara says, The pretending really, really bothered me, and I'm not sure when precisely she found out. I like Rafe and his relationship with Imogen. However, I confess I kind of liked Gabe and Jillian's story a bit more. I think it's because I didn't like the idea of Imogen being misled but she's really nicer in this book yeah it's very true very true uh, so Karen, this is an interesting perspective. She says, I like this book, but having not read its predecessors, I really struggled for the, th- the first 30%. There were so many characters, Imogen, Annabelle, <laughs> Rafe, Gabe, Josie, Jillian, Jenny, Loretta, Griselda, and I didn't know who I was meant to be rooting for. While I do enjoy a little subterfuge, I wasn't a fan of Rafe being intimate with an Imogen under false pretenses. I would have liked to see her get mad about it when she found out. It turned out that... At some point, she knew it was Wraith, but it was not clear to me as the reader when that was. The secondary romance seemed a little sudden, but that seems to be common in historical romance. A couple of kisses, and they must be in love. I do enjoy the vocabulary in historicals, though. This one taught me, I can never pronounce this word, termagant? Termagant? Yeah, I think. And palaver um so there you go so that yeah i i would be so lost if you just come into the middle of this book because there's so many people Well, it's all
1: these characters that we struggled getting to know in the first book so by now we know them um and that's actually when they're introduced so if you were coming into this book here and just having all these characters thrown at you willy-nilly it would seem a little crazy yeah Jason says, I enjoyed this book a great deal. I had some
0: problems with the flow of the story at times as it was trying to weave the plot and subplots together. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, He said, I have liked the Rafe character in all the books and was glad to see him get the object of his love, even if it was Imogen. (laughs) Although I hated Imogen less in this book. I would have been worried who she was in love with, though. Rafe, Gabe, or Rafe's version of Gabe. But that was a small concern, I guess. Now to read Josie's book, because I think her character is great. I was... Glad Miss Adams got a happy ending as well, and luckily for me, only the first book in this series was the only one that was dusty, so my eyes didn't have to water in book <laughs> two or three.
1: Jason had told us that he cried in in book one, so I cried in book one too. I don't. I I don't think I did. Um, I think when her husband died and she was so broken up yeah, about it, I kind of teared up there. Um, Ashley says, I read this book years ago
0: and remember loving loving it. I mean, can you really go wrong with an Eloisa James? I just finished my reread and while I still enjoyed it, I was bugged a bit by the whole pretending to be my brother thing. We find out later Imogen knew who she was sleeping with, but I but wouldn't that unknown stir up Rafe's insecurities? I just pre- yeah, that's that's a good point too. Yeah. Because he was insecure, so he should have struggled with that a little bit more, I feel. Um, I just pretended that everyone was in the know and no one was keeping silly secrets. And then I loved it just as much as the first time I read it when I was much younger, much more innocent 20-year-old. Also, side note, but can brothers really look that much alike that people can't tell them apart? No. Uh, hmm, I don't think so. Half <laughs> we, their chromosomes we are different. discussed that already. <laughs> yeah. Just half their chromosomes are from different mothers. This also helped me with pretending everyone knew. I love that there were real issues they worked through and enjoyed seeing Rafe's growth and maturity. Imogen also grew and matured, but her change wasn't so drastic within the book. I'm excited to reread the whole series now, especially Josie's. I love her. And then finally, Megan says, where to begin? I, Megan was the other staunch recommender of this book. She says, where to begin? I love the book, obviously. First off, I have to say that I hate the cover of this book. In fact, this whole series has really lame covers, which bums me out because romance books certainly get judged by their covers. A shirtless dude is one thing, and I expect it in the genre, but this cover tells me nothing about the book. Anyway, I know people have a problem with the reader being unaware that Imogen knows who Rafe is when they sleep together, and I agree. With Jessica, that if it was written today, Eloisa probably wouldn't have written it quite that way. I remember it bothering me a bit the first time I read it, but not so much on the rereads. This is one series that I can go back to over and over and enjoy it as much as the first time. Rereading all of Imogen and Rafe's interactions in the first two books, knowing that they really do care about each other, brings another level to the text. Yeah, I would agree with that. Plus, it gives me all the feels. Rafe is probably my favorite character in the series, and I love his journey. Not to be a completionist, but the book in this the books in this series are so connected to one another. I don't think reading this book as a standalone would be enjoyable. I hope others enjoyed it, and I encourage everyone to read book four. Josie's story is by far the funniest and makes me sly, sigh and clutch my Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to read Josie's because I, I am I am as well.
1: I really like her. I like Josie, too. Uh, Mom, any other thoughts on Taming of the Duke? Um, No. I do want, you know, she was, was it Megan was the last one you read? I can't yeah. remember Um, We were actually speaking to Eloisa James when we were at KissCon, and she was talking about how with the last last book that she came out with that's in her um, Wild series, that she got to pick the cover and the models and... And it's it was, like, her first time. Like, the first series time. was the first time where she's been able to do that. And and this was the first book in the series that they've let her pick, you know, the model and, and the cover. I thought and, the whole series she had been No, doing. I think she was talking about just this latest book. Okay. And, um... Anyway, and she said, so people seem to be enjoying the covers much better now that the authors are getting more say in mm-hmm. what they, and you guys know, if you've ever listened to our podcast, I have a huge problem when the, when the covers don't match the book. At all. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah there um, was no
0: tummy on this guy on the cover.
1: Yeah, I, in fact, when I was looking, I was like, there's no way that this is the Duke, that there's no way this is Rafe, and yeah. um, so I agree that the cover is a little... Misleading, yeah. but um you know, you still get to see the six pack abs. <laughs> so that's what's important. That's what's important. So those are our
0: thoughts and some of your thoughts on taming of the Duke by Eloisa James. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, Goodread's group, our Twitter, which is not your mom's rom, um or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On June 17th, we will be discussing The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren in our next mini episode. Uh, for now, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be getting to know mom a little better. Who doesn't want to do that? Mm. <laughs> It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. Okay. That was- so we have an email this time from Sarah. She says, hey, guys, love the show. I recently found it and a few others, and I am hooked. I don't know how I went so long without these shows. Anyway, I hope you don't mind if I have a few wrecks for you. We always like wrecks. Okay. So I have been wrecking this one like crazy because it's so different. Valve Silence by Melinda Price. It's an Amish ro- romantic suspense, but with sex. I'm so I'm jazzed because this is usually just found in inspirationals, and no shade, but I need more sexy handholding. LOL. Uh, the, I need more than sexy handholding. Uh, she said, so I haven't read it yet because it just came out, but basically it's about a hero who is a homicide detective who has to go back to his Amish roots to hunt a predator, and hotness ensues with his ex-love who is still Amish. That does Sounds sound like the cool.
1: Harrison Ford movie.
0: Yeah, she, Mom, she said that. <laughs> she says, I can't wait. I love the movie Witness, so if it's anything like that, I'm in please consider trying this because I just think it's so unique in the non-inspirational romance world and I think people can learn a lot from this way of life. And for this author to be brave enough to make it sexy about effing time. Uh, she says, okay, next is The Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie. He's autistic Ooh. but super smart. Can't do emotion. Enter Beth. It's so beautiful. We love, uh, I love that The book. Madness of I love that Lord whole Ian. series but maybe we we shut Maybe we should do that one sometime because... I, I really love that book, and there's a lot to talk about with that one. Uh, and then she says, And the last is a Western historical called Outlaw Hearts by Roseanne Bittner. This is a very epic in scale and so cinematic, but a beautiful love story. They keep it real as far as the West goes and how hard it was, but nothing so gruesome that it turned me off. It all just added to the cinematic feel. Anyway, it was only supposed to be one book and can be read as such, and you'd still get your happily ever after. But the couple of Jake and Miranda was so beloved that she ended up writing a few more books, so it's kind of become this sprawling family saga with the main couple still at the heart. I love them all, and Jake is so hot, even as he ages. (laughs) She said, okay, I think that's all for now. Thanks so much for the great show. Keep up the good work. Sarah. Um...
1: I like all of those recommendations. Yeah, I really like the Ellen O'Connell books that we read about the West, but I would like to read some more of those. So Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, So that is the email that we have from this time. Uh, Just a little reminder that we are going to be attending Book Bonanza in Dallas, August 9th through the 10th. So if any of you are going, hit us up because we love to to meet people. Um, So I think that's going to do it for this break segment.
1: All right. Sounds good. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. I like those.
0: Bye. Welcome back.
1: So for lack of anything better to talk about, we're gonna talk about mom. <laughs> well, we talked about several things that we could talk about and we thought oh they all sound so deep and and, and depressing. Heady. <laughs> Heady. Yeah. So, you know, we decided to do something lighter. So, mom, I'm just gonna
0: I'm just gonna shoot you with some random getting to know you questions. Okay, if you got if you got stuck in an elevator and were forced to listen to only one song, Mm -hmm. what would you want it to be? Uh,
1: Um, total eclipse of the heart. that's your real answer no <laughs> that um, is like a go-to mom and i can karaoke the hell out of that song yes together. we can um hazy shade of winter by <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> By how come i can't think of the name of the group the bangles the bangles, uh, the bangles. <laughs> um that's a good one
0: and that that's when one that
1: or Eternal Flame, either one of those by the Bengals are my favorites. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of songs that I could listen to over and over again.
0: Yeah. Okay. I
1: I, I mean, you know I
0: approve of, I keep making mom listen to Hazy Shaded Winter over and over every time she, that we're together lately. So, that's why she said that song. Um, okay. What cheesy song do you have memorized? Totally Clubs of the Heart. Totally. of the Heart. <laughs> That would probably be it. That's
1: a cheesy song that I have memorized. You have a a lot of cheesy songs memorized, Well, I grew up with a lot of cheesy songs, so... It's a
0: family of bears.
1: (laughs) I swear that's what they're saying. (laughs) There's this song called
0: It's a Family Affair, and Mom always thought they were saying it's a family of bears. And I've questioned Mom as to why she thought... I'm like, why would they make a song about a family of bears? And... Like, I don't know. I don't know. But it seems like that's what they're saying to me. <laughs> um, what is the weirdest thing you find attractive in a person?
1: The weirdest thing I find attractive in a person. <sighs> um, like, looks-wise? Whatever. Um... Here's what I like, what I find attractive in person: someone who gets my jokes, someone who thinks I'm funny.
0: <laughs> that is very important to mom.
1: It's <laughs> very important to me, and it's kind of weird because it's very self-centered. <laughs> I don't care if they're funny; I just care if they think I'm funny. I'm, that's true. That is important to mom. <laughs> I have.
0: We have to tell this story.
1: Um, well, we get uh, a lot of, of comments yeah. on me- social media. And About how funny irritated. mom
0: is. Mom is so funny. She's <laughs> hilarious. Funny? I think it's just because
1: I'm the old lady and people don't expect me to be, you know, a little humorous. Yeah. And I'm more than a little humorous. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> so
0: then, anyway. Anyway. This Ellen, guy. You, you
1: continue. This, this guy.
0: This guy that I'm doing whatever with. That you're dating. Um, you can say you're dating him. Yeah, okay. This guy that I'm dating. We, um, I played him because he hadn't mom, listened to
1: any of the podcast.
0: Yeah. Mom is always, well, he said, yeah, that's what he says. Um, <laughs> and mom is always talking about the rap for, that I did for Marriage of Inconvenience. And so she's like, you have to play him the rap. So I played him the rap and there was like the the talking between mom and myself afterwards. And he's like, Your mom is really funny. And I was like, gosh, don't say that to her.
1: (laughs) She can't shut up about how funny she is. Now he needs to marry you because (laughs) he's my favorite so far. (laughs)
0: Because you're so easy to win over. Um, What do you think
1: is the most unpleasant sounding word? Oh, well, everyone talks about moist. Moist doesn't bother me that much. The most unpleasant-sounding word. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't have any words that bother me. Yeah, not like one of those. Um, What is something you hate but you wished you loved? That I hate that I wished I loved? Guacamole. Guacamole.
0: Yeah. I, I just don't like avocado guacamole. or me
1: like, yeah we also both don't like tomatoes yeah and you know the city I was raised in is known for their tomatoes and people are always like how can you come from there and not like tomatoes tomatoes, I don't like tomatoes. and avocado <laughs> or avocado and um, so yeah those are things that I wish I mean I shouldn't say I hate them I can eat them on things and stuff but I will not sit down and just eat chips and guac I like chips and salsa but I just don't care. About
0: oh yeah. It. We're, we're, we're the same on that. What makes you feel old?
1: <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Getting up in the morning makes me feel really old <laughs> or the multiple times I get up during the night makes me feel really <laughs> old. <laughs> pretty much anything I do makes me feel old. Um, what makes me feel old? Well, uh, when I listen to music and I hear songs from when I was a kid, I think, gosh, that was, like, we just went and saw Rocket Man," and I, and I think of the songs, you know, the Elton John songs that I knew when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, and it's like, yeah. wow, that was a long time ago. I was, <laughs> I've been alive for a long time.
0: <laughs> what is something you get wrong almost every time you do it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a family of (laughs) bears. Yeah, that's one. Or the fact that you have
0: to ask me what the file format is every time you send me.
1: (laughs) I forget things, apparently. Oh my gosh. She has been so
0: bad lately, you guys. The thing that she's been doing lately is I'll tell her something. Like, I'll tell her, like, a factoid (laughs) or something. And then, like, an hour later, she'll be like... An hour
1: it was mom. A couple days. mom. <laughs> no.
0: That first one was like two hours later. But I I told her something. I don't even remember what it was at this point. It was some like movie trivia. And I told and then like an hour later you're like, did you know that so and so was in this? I'm like, I literally just told you that bit. Whatever.
1: That's lies. <laughs> I know, that's true. <laughs> Oh gosh! I have a feeling these pictures, these questions were handpicked by you. They really weren't. I just kind of <laughs>
0: found them online. Um, what what things do you do, every, or what thing do you do every day or often that you wish could be automated?
1: Oh gosh, um, just the whole showering, blow drying that whole process. Just yeah, that would be. I nice. hate it. Just sit there and just let it all yeah, happen to we you. Yeah, some kind of George Jetson thing where I just get <laughs> up and magically I'm clean and my hair looks great. Yeah,
0: the Jetsons <laughs> would just be amazing. Uh, just that, all of that. Uh, who would you most like to sit next to on a 10-hour flight and why? Oh. Who would I, I think your like? honest answer should be me so that you can sleep on me,
1: which is often what happens. <laughs> drool on you and no one would know. Yeah. Who would I most like to sit by on a 10-hour flight? Well... You know, any Chris would work.
0: (laughs) Just any Chris.
1: Chris Parnell. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. No, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Chris.
0: (laughs) Okay, what is something that
1: people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of? Something people are obsessed with that I don't get the point of. Probably coffee. I am not a coffee drinker at all, yeah, ever, and never have been, and people just seem to love their coffee. I have to Diet Coke my way into that caffeine coma. Yeah. Um, what isn't real, but you desperately wish it was? <laughs> Ooh, so many things. What isn't real, but I desperately wish it was. Um, Any book we read? Yes. Yes. The Winston Brothers. Some fad diet that would, like, make me skinny in a week. Without
0: having to do any work. Without having to
1: do anything. I remember one time, in fact, I went to a movie with my sister, and we were sitting, it was, um, You've Got Mail. We went and saw it in the theaters together. And, you know, little Meg Ryan was so cute, and I said, Mm. I said, I would do anything to have that figure. And my sister said, except, obviously, diet, exercise. (laughs) (laughs) I said, yeah, except that. <laughs> that is very much uh, your sister
0: answer. <laughs> and then finally, this one I did put in deliberately. What's the weirdest tradition your family has?
1: Oh, the weirdest tradition my family has. Um, I don't know. We've talked about it, but probably our Christmas Eve dance party. I don't yeah. think there's any other family that does a dance party on Christmas Eve. Um, they should. It's they a good should. time. It is a good time, and we love it. And it's a very Lloyd-esque thing to do, but um, it's a good time. Yeah, it's true. All right. So there you go. You've now
0: gotten to know mom a little bit better. And you probably feel all the better for it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. So thanks again for joining us so much. If you would like to join us for The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren in one week on June 17th, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks,
1: Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Thank you, dear. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.